Good day, everybody. Henderson Outdoors podcast coming at you from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I'm Jay Henderson, your host. Uh, Get the chance to uh, talk to a pretty good friend of mine about his experiences at the Total Archery Challenge in Big Sky, Montana. Uh, That just went on here this past weekend, I believe. Uh, Yeah, he got, would have got home yesterday, day before. Anyways, uh, so that's what we've got coming up. And, oh, also in the works, I got another episode coming up with the elk nut Paul Medell. So we're going to get into a little bit of his calling scenarios and uh, some of the calls, linguistics and stuff like that. So that's coming up in the future. I just got to hammer out a couple of details with Paul and get a little bit of his time. But uh, coming up next, uh, I've got Steve Meredith, uh, one of the other Rapala Pro Staff guys here up in Edmonton. And his experiences with Total Archery Challenge Big Sky. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, just some of the courses. um, Talk a little bit about uh, accommodations, where he stayed, uh, you know, you name it. Going to get the full meal deal. So stay tuned. Coming up, Steve Meredith and the Total Archery Challenge. Good day, everybody. Got a good buddy of mine, Steve Meredith, uh, one of my fellow Rapala Pro Staff anglers in Alberta, who just came back from the Total Archery Challenge in Big Sky. Big Sky, Montana, yeah. Sweet. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today because I've never done it, and we talked a little bit about the over this over, over the phone and stuff and through text message, but... Now that you've been there and done it, I just want to hear hear all about it. Really, like, give me the lowdown. So I got some some questions that I want to ask you, but I mean, like, there was four courses there in Big Sky. Yeah, so they've got four courses. Um, they have a locals course. Um, locals course is basically um, a beginner's course. Um, They've got uh, 25 targets on that course, ranging from 15 to 40 yards, basically flat ground, wide open shots, starting with the locals courses. Like your typical 3D course around Exactly. You know, guys wanting to go and just have fun, bring their family, bring their kids, learn to shoot 3D, um, which is is great because shooting 3D outside is a totally different experience than even shooting indoors. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I've done Eds and, and a couple other. When I was a kid, I used to do it, like, religiously. Yeah. And but. even I'm learning myself where light affects the way it comes through the peep and it affects your point of impact and, and shooting angles. You know, out here, us Albertans, we're used to flat land and not shooting shooting angles. Yeah, so it gets you practicing. up and down. Yeah. yeah. So how do you find angles affect your shooting? Um, Shorter distance-wise? Yes, usually you're taking off some yardage for shooting angles. Um, it was a course you're allowed to use your rangefinders. So yeah, having a cool. rangefinder with that. with 
angle compensation, you know, really plays and your bow some, dialed some into key, it, key give you that yeah. ballistics yeah. and stuff. I think my little pole does that. Yeah. But that's cool that they let you yeah. have your accessories with Yeah, and it's finals. set up, it's not really a competition, more as just a shoot where you're just trying to improve on yourself and just dial in your equipment and just get used to it because there's there's shots we all take there in hunting that we don't get a chance to practice a lot of that and, yeah. and just getting better for yourself, you know, and a better hunter, you know, we always want to try to do that and be the most ethical we can and take ethical shots and the more we practice, Clean the, the better we get, yeah. Yeah, practice is key. Yeah, I know when I, I shot, used to shoot competitively when I was like 16, 17, and when I was getting ready for a shoot, it was like 300 arrows a day. Yeah. Yeah. And pra paper. practice is the key. You know, lots of people are asking us like the prime course is the hardest course that they got there and you got 25 targets and on the prime course, you're looking at 40 to hundred yard targets, really steep angles. Um, and lots of guys, well, I would never take a shot like that and, and neither would we, but when you practice out to those kind of ranges, makes it easier. Exactly. You know, we try to practice double of what we'd shoot. So, you know, and then they always throw something interesting in there for you. You know, we got up there and there was a 123 yard uh, moose target and a 115 <laughs> yard elk target just to, just to have some just fun. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's a great event. It's not about, I shoot better than you. It's not about points. You know, we went down with a uh, 30 guys from, from Alberta. We called ourselves team Alberta. We just had a great time, supported all the local vendors, um, organization. Wild Sheep Foundation, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. They put on great events at night and just really fun orientated more than the atmosphere of a competition. intense competition where there's money on the line and everything. Yeah. So Yeah, that's cool. So the local course, the prime course, then there was a um, mountain ops course. There's the mountain ops course. Um, they kind of threw a wrench at us this year with that one. That's of the three courses, that's generally the easier course. Uh, mountain Ops course is usually 25 to 75 yards, some steep angles. Um, years past, normally you're walking down a logging road, shooting, you know, uphill on one side, downhill on the other side. Uh, this year they threw some at us where we shot uphill and then had to climb up the hill, shoot three targets bushwhacking. So really threw that element of actual hunting in there. So not a lot of spaces to shoot through windows, logs in the way, you know, maneuvering through, you know, tight obstacles. Yeah. Of course, we're all shooting in shorts there and my legs are cut up and tore up and just from jumping over logs and deadfall. Um, yeah. They got, they got a lot of timber in that country and a lot of deadfall. So you're, you're climbing up and over and they don't take any of that stuff out of the way to, to make trails. Now, underbrush wise, is it comparable to our stuff? They have less underbrush there, quite yeah. a bit less underbrush where in Alberta, um, you get, you get thick shots where you, you can't even make a 10 yard shot there. You know, there are some spots there, like I said, they don't clean it out. So there's yeah. some 75 yard shots through the trees. You may only see the kill zone. The kill yeah. zones are always open on Small the window. In scoring rings, but they're always open, but sometimes threading the needle through there. And that's where equipment kind of comes into factor there. Um, I shoot a 70 pound bow, so it shoots a little flatter than say someone shooting a 60. So the arc plays a big factor when you're trying to yeah. shoot through sticks and leaves and twigs. And well, yeah, you got to figure out where that yeah. stick is in yeah. your, and we've all done that. Flight yeah. Path. Yeah. We all, 
we all sent some flying off into other directions <laughs> than we wanted to go. Um, I struggled a little bit the first day with with some steep downhill angles. I uh, should have practiced more at the range um, because the elevation played a factor. We're you know Alberta, we're twenty one hundred feet here. Yeah. Uh, at the at the base of the mountain, we were just over three thousand. And then we were shooting all the way up to about 9,600. So elevation played a factor with the arrow's flight a little bit. And mm -hmm. I was shooting about four yards high. And I should have made that adjustment the first day, but I was trying to compensate for it. So I overshot a couple targets. Um, yeah. First target of the first course I shot over. So that, you four know, kind of. a big difference. Kind of. And that Drop was all the due to elevation, you figure? Uh, yeah. yeah, elevation. Just yeah. The, yeah. Elevation and the angle. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I said, out here we don't get many 45 degree angled shots. Yeah. And first one off the course was was 45 degrees downhill and I put it just over the back, which shook the confidence a little bit, but you got to think, well, there's 74 more targets to go, so we got a long long week ahead of us if we don't yeah, suck it up and move on yeah. that's about all you can do just like hunting absolutely absolutely so if you're gonna pack it up and go home after the first yeah. shot then and and that's the thing too is we all go to this to make ourselves better as hunters and i can't stress enough um a lot of guys were bugging me because i'm getting um in shape to go on this trip and guys are just laughing but you're putting on, on average, about six and a half miles a day through some steep, steep stuff, just like you would be in sheep country. So I can't stress enough to get in shape, throw the pack on, you know, yeah. it's hard to train around here for that, but to put the pack on with some weight in your pack and river go for, valley runs. for exactly river valley runs and walks with weights in the pack and just getting used to your equipment. Yeah. That's, this is one way to test your equipment. You want to make sure you have good boots going in. Um, I tested out several pairs of boots before I went and made sure that they were broken in. Um, some guys did really well. Some guys quit because their feet just couldn't take it. Yeah, that's, and their knees. that sucks to yeah. have to stop yeah. when your equipment fails on you because of something like that. Yeah. And I, I use very, I found one brand of boot that I run with. I'm trying a different version of their boot out they're all irish setters it's irish setter elk trackers is what i what i run for a boot but yeah that that's key be comfortable yeah. with the boots you're wearing because the final tally of the day or of the trip we put on 30 miles just under 30 miles i think it was like 29.8 miles and which came out to just under 60,000 steps yeah in steep terrain in three days in three days yeah so 20k yeah. a day stepwise, yeah, which is probably five times more than most people put on in an average day. Exactly, just lounging in terrain around. that you're not used to. Yeah, you know, I thought I was in good shape going in. My knees were killing me. My one knee from the downhill, you know, and not used to that. That's just, a whole different yeah. dynamic up yeah. and downhill, side hilling even. Yeah, and that's right? my knees and my knees recovered from the trip, and today I'm having a problem with the side of my foot, which was all from the uh, last day Sitka course, which was a, close to probably two miles side hilling down down the mountain, probably close to a 45 degree angle, you know, on the down slope. And then the side slope was about the same. And, oh, you know, you watch it on the video, it doesn't seem like it's steep, but you're moving so along just, slowly. 
isn't just a 3D course. No, no. In fact, this is a, a total total well, archery challenge. Yeah, you, you know, know you're you're challenging challenge. everything. Um, Range, distance, physical endurance. Uh, yeah, gear gear test yeah, for sure exactly and you um wouldn't believe it you know it's just some of the courses there you take a slip or blow out a knee and go down one of those canyons like it's it's you're hobbling no, out. if you can hobble out and a lot yeah. of times you're you know there's some drainages there you're not getting a quad or anything down so you could yeah. possibly have to get medevaced out you know packboard yeah yeah so Only it's out on a packboard you know, and once again, equipment, get used to your bow. You're going to need a bow that you have a sight tape out to at least 110 yards, which is pretty tough. You know, yeah. I'm shooting a, a black gold pro right now, which I can dial. I'm lucky enough I can dial it out to 120. It It's an actual dial scope. It's not a pin system. It, uh, it's a three pin slider. So my bottom becomes a okay. sliding pin. So I have... 20 30 40 and then i can dial the 40 yard the whole thing slides and then i can dial it to 120. right yeah geez eh? well yeah i guess when you're making shots like that uh what do you do when they're out past that give it a little yeah. extra over yeah, the top and, and let her pray you don't realize that that kind of range just how much that oh it nose dives exactly like anybody that knows anything about ballistics once yeah. your bullet gets out x amount it starts to freight train down i was watching shots including my own that i'm like man i went way over the target and then all of a sudden that last 10 15 yards that arrow just drops right into the kill zone and i would have thought that i would have shot way over it yeah well it's losing yeah. energy and yeah. those are what are your arrows weighing do you have any idea mine are around 460 yeah, grains yeah. like people yeah. don't realize yeah. that arrows are pretty heavy yeah um i it's been such a long time since i even shot my bow i don't even know what i've got i think i got yeah. carbon express or something yeah. like that but now they're making like armor piercing yeah you know a lot system. of the new new technology um, you've got you know the full metal jackets arrows, and yeah yeah exactly. just some interesting stuff out yeah. there i was like holy christmas listening to a couple of podcasts just guys talking about new archery equipment yeah and once again that's a place that you want to test that equipment it's the perfect opportunity in all these situations to see if this gear is going to perform you know i've i've gone there and realized that there's some stuff that that I need or or not going to go back with. Yeah. Um, guys realize in a hurry just how uncomfortable a pack can be like when it's your on your back. Sheep yeah. hunting trip. Yeah. Figure out in a hurry what's working and what's exactly. not. Exactly. You know, I we had guys, you know, there's vendors there at the hill, which is nice, showing their product. A lot of them letting you use their product. Loophold was there as a loaner program, letting you use all their stuff to see how you like it. And yeah. Mystery Ranch was there. And Did you, you can, take a look at any of the Loophold stuff? A little bit, yeah. a little bit. I didn't have a whole lot of time to walk around, but they have some, some of the guys tried out their new rangefinder and really loved it for the angle compensation. And yeah. It was a great, great, great on loophole for letting them do that. And, you know, just all you had to do is go and sign it out. And, yeah. and it wasn't a one or two of things. They, they had a lot for people to use. Nice. Yeah. So there was, uh, I was just reading on the internet before I came over some of the stuff that they had on the go. They had a couple of novelty courses as well, or novelty shots. Yes, or... so that's a pretty cool event where usually in the morning, I'll give you a secret here, usually in the morning you want to go shoot the novelty events because the wind starts picking up. So a um, couple of things, uh, 
for the Sitka gear. They had a $1,600 system, I believe it was about $1,600 US. So for $20, you've got to shoot five arrows at a ram up a hill with an orange dot on it, about four inches. Yeah. So if you hit that dot, you got a Sitka system worth about $1,600. Nice. So how you know, far was the shot? 97 yards. So, so it wasn't up, easy. Up, uphill. 97 you know, uphill. Yeah. yeah. And they're pretty good. They got spotting scopes there. They like, you know, you know, they're, they're, it's like, okay, maybe, you know, you need to go a little left or a little right and, Compensate you know, for the wind and between our Alberta boys, we wound up cleaning up a few of those. I believe we won about four packages nice. of Sitka gear. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff's not cheap. And, uh, their another, another novelty shoot was at the caribou. I believe it was 108 yards. And if you hit the 11 ring, you got your name put in for the total archery challenge truck. Oh yeah. So, and then that yeah, gets right drawn out. truck there. Yeah. So everyone who scores on that, um, last year, what they did was they put, put, uh, their name under a bunch of clay pigeons, put them out on a target. And I believe it was Corey Jacobson that took the shot and the, the, the clay pigeon that it broke. That's who got the truck. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, you see any celebrities while you're up there? Uh, Corey Jacobson was on the hill. Um, Jason Matzinger was, was there as well. Uh, who else was there? It was, you know, there was a lot of great people, a lot of great elk hunters there. Uh, Rihanna Carey was there from Mountain Ops, another great female hunter. Um, Randy Newberg was there. They okay. showed his film yeah. uh, from Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. So a very interesting film on... Uh, conservation and everything that they're doing and working towards it um sam soholt a very interesting guy uh built he's really fighting to keep public lands public in the united states they're um, buying up chunks of uh, exactly. access points and things and like he's that he's actually built himself a public lands converted bus into to a, a camper and he he goes across the country helping raise money for public lands and and buying public lands um great individual you know i recommend following him on facebook and instagram the stuff that that he does for for all of us and you know i was asked uh you know i supported um his uh his product down there and what he's doing and a lot of people ask me it's like well you know he's he's from the u.s why would you do that but you know it's one of those things where if all of us hunters don't stand up for it across north america we're gonna lose yeah. it we're losing our public lands here so yeah we got to speak out. Yeah, they're trying to take away big chunks and turn them into parks. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, definitely something that guys should be aware of and, and just supports that events like this Total Archery yeah. Challenge are, are helping to back stuff like that. Wild Sheep Foundation was there, uh, put on a great movie night. Uh, for $50, you got a, a Yeti mug. You got a membership to the Wild Sheep Foundation and the magazine. You got snacks on the mountain, movie, and all the money went to uh, to support the Wild Sheep Foundation, which was great. That's cool. So who did, I, I know you say you went with 30 guys from Alberta, but you went with the team from Jimbo's. Well, it's not, it's some of the guys from Jimbo's were there. Um, it's an event put on by, well, it's not. It's not an event put on, but one of our buddies organizes it, uh, Jason Hayes, really great guy. Um, he goes way out of his way for all of us by letting us know when registration opens up. So we all register. So yeah. we all know who's going. Um, then he organizes, you know, says, okay, hey, there's 30 of us going. So I'm going to arrange carpools because 
you four are in the same area, so you guys travel together. He checks out different prices of condos and accommodations for us, books them all. So we go down, we go down for about five days. Yeah. Um, it's about a 12 hour drive there. So we well, stop I, and let. I told my wife I'm coming next year. Absolutely. You got to come. And so it's, it's so well, Jason organizes it so well and it's just geared towards fun. This year he went out of his way. Um, he wanted team shirts made, but once again, it's not a serious event. So uh, I'm not sure if it was Jason or someone else came up with this slogan. 885 just regular guys because we're not all shooting 12s you know it's usually 885 tree yeah you know on the back he put you know um shoot swear aim or you know something like that and we all had nicknames on our shirts which we didn't get a pick you know <laughs> but they all have have special meaning behind them yeah you know they always bug me my last name's meredith so they put mary beth on the back of mine you know, so just, just fun. And he just, it's all about fun with Jason and he makes it just a great event. You know, we're all like-minded people. Um, we all rib each other, you know, we go out there and yeah. just, just have fun. Uh, in fact, this year he came up with an idea. He, he didn't want to tell anyone there. He says, it's kind of corny. I'm not sure how it'll go over, but he actually spent his own money and got a real like WWF style belt. Made oh yeah. With the to with our logo on it, total archery challenge logos and you know and that went over as a huge hit. Um it was just one of those things that we gave it away every day to someone on our team for something that they did and one of our guys was chirping one day that he could shoot the, the, the court one of the courses in flip flops. So a bet was made <laughs> Yeah. As you know, and a few beer drank and $200 was laid down saying that he couldn't shoot the prime course in flip-flops. Oh, yeah, that's... So he shot the prime course in flip-flops. Um, he probably paid Walking to it. the second target, he knocked off a toenail on a piece of shale. Um, but he he did it. Um, wow. And he, he got the belt. And in fact, yeah. at the Wild Sheep Foundation night, you know, bunch of us were called up on stage won prizes and they said who's the guy with the belt and they wanted to know the story behind it and people were just amazed like we had a, you know they wanted pictures taken with team alberta yeah. and they wanted pictures taken with the guy with the belt and you know he, he'd be walking through the place it was like he was a rock star saying you're yeah. the guy that shot <laughs> flip-flops you know and people are how bad was it because i might make someone else that bad you know so oh, it, it was yeah. pretty cool and uh yeah, it was, it was well, really like cool. Like I said, I, I have you know, full intentions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I got a four-week sort of holidays for next year, so I'm going to take a week off. No, and, Jason and, does a great job guys. organizing it. You know, we all throw in money. You know, we find out the prices of the condos. Oh, yeah. So we, we split it. Usually we all, you know, have this all paid well ahead of time. We all throw in money for, for dinner. So usually someone goes to Costco and buys the loins of ribeyes. Yeah. You know, it's... It's just great. We barbecue back at the condos or the hotels or wherever we're staying. You just buy all your stuff while you're down there. Yeah, we buy all our stuff. Stop trying to mess Bozeman is the like when we uh, Big Sky is on a ski resort, so Bozeman's the closest town, about fifty minutes away. So, go to Costco. We stop at Costco, all stock up. Our condo group, whoever's staying with us, we just split on breakfast meals, which is usually just something light because you're going to go up on the mountain and shoot have a light snack on the mountain. There's water stations on the mountain provided by Yeti and Mountain Ops. And usually eat until like 1.30 in the afternoon. Exactly. And then you come back and you want to relax and maybe have a road pop and, and then have 
have something to eat and you know we always stay we're gonna stay up late but after a day on that mountain it's oh yeah, yeah. i know it's like yeah. hunting camp everybody yeah. has great intentions but the guys that hit it hard are the first ones yeah in bed. and that's what i explained because <laughs> some of the guys bought so much groceries and i said treat it as a day of hunting you're not going to get up and have a huge breakfast and you're not going to have this huge lunch on the hill you're just you know you're going to go and snack and water is the key yeah, i recommend stay hydrated i recommend anyone going have a water bladder in their pack because i was going through about four liters of water a day i can't stand water bladder water yeah that's where and another thing too is i'm a big believer of putting something in your water bottle pack for that reason um I'll either put a Gatorade and then top the rest up with water or, you know, I lose, use Dark Mountain products. So I put something in there with electrolytes, something like their, in your their Kodiak, yeah, their Kodiak okay. Recover. Uh, tastes good, gives you electrolytes back, you know, yeah. gives your muscles what it needs and takes that rubber taste out of that bladder, right? I got to do that with all my water. Anything that comes in a plastic bottle yeah. or especially yeah. out of the bladder, oh man. There was a... There was one spot where we would fill up uh, at the Cataman Fire Hall. They had a fresh water station there. Way too much chlorine in that sucker. Yeah. You'd fill your bladders yeah. up with it, and it was just like you were choking on swimming pool water by the time yeah. you got halfway up the trail. One thing I'll <laughs> say is it was hot up on the mountain, and I mean, in no way am I with Yeti or anything, but they had Yeti coolers full of ice and water. Yeah. And you could stop on that, and that's the coldest water you'd ever drink up there. Because those coolers just kept them ice cold, so yeah, it was constantly worth their, worth their money. You know, constantly water up on the mountain that you didn't have to worry as long as you had something to to fill. People don't seem to realize this. If you buy a thirty dollar Coleman cooler, you get a thirty dollar yeah. Coleman cooler. Yeah. yeah. You spend two hundred dollars on a cooler, yeah. it's gonna keep your stuff frozen for a week. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's just yeah, like it's good, like any other part of equipment for yeah. your house. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's good. Um, did you take a backup bow with you? I didn't. Um, it's not a bad idea. Um, fortunately, I got a good friend that's part owner of Jimbo's Archery, <laughs> so we kind of lean on him if we have any minor malfunctions. Which yeah, we're lucky enough not to. Um, if we had more space. Um, we would, but four guys going down in a vehicle, you don't Everybody realize taking an extra how, bow and an extra yeah. case. Yeah. And an, yeah it's you a know, lot of, a lot of real estate. As it is, you come down with a bow, your backpack, um, you know, your bag of clothes and we all take a chair so that we can hang out at usually someone's condo or outside the hotel somewhere and just yeah. BS. So a lot of gear, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, we do take stuff that would generally, you know, possibly break. So. Um, stuff to de-loop material, yeah. uh, some spare peeps, lots of arrows. I took 36 arrows down with me. How many did um, you come back with? I was lucky. I thought I'd go through more. I went through seven. Okay. Um, two were in targets, so I actually hit the target, but unfortunately sometimes I got to put metal reinforcement to hold some of these big targets up, so I was Destroy unlucky, unlucky and hit that. Um, we were doing the math and we figured there was probably six arrows lost per person at, at Total Archery Challenge, so that's 2,000 people there, so wow. $12,000 12, arrows lost, and we figured we did the math, so that's about $145,000 in arrows that got <laughs> lost and destroyed. Supporting the, the archery industry right <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly, so, one you know, at one event. At one event, and they run a total of, I think, nine events throughout, so that's, okay. you know, and they... 
they like to have some fun. You know, they got some small targets up on rock faces. So, you know, it's there's a few targets you miss. You can go looking for your arrow, but you miss a, a small doll sheep at 95 yards or something in the rocks. And yeah, there's no point. In, Bye-bye. The arrow carnage is, is crazy. There's At the end of the day, there's 45-gallon drums full of broken arrows. Just shattered, look yeah. like egg whiskers. Exactly. One of my buddies hit one, and I've never seen an arrow blowing that many pieces. It was probably in about 15 pieces. Yeah. Yeah. What do you shoot for a bow? Uh, I shoot a Bowtech. Uh, I shoot a Rain 7. Um, I'm not brand loyal no. specific. No, I just, I'm just curious. You know, I just shoot what's comfortable for me. Um, just what I like. I've tried different bows. This one just seemed to, to fit me well. It's two years old now. Just getting to be two years old. I haven't found anything I've liked for it yet i mentioned before i'm running a black uh gold pro site new pro site on a dovetail this year so yeah i can set that up pretty good um but you need something out to 100 plus yards yeah you want you want a sight tape minimum of 110 if you want to reach out to to the other targets all the courses yeah yeah. You can do the standard local course that's going to be 60 yards. Yeah, and they and then, like I said, they surprise you. You know, they say, you know, target's out to 100 yards, and then you get there and they throw a 123-yard Bigfoot at you, or, you know, it's usually a bigger target, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. So it's, it's deceptive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Okay, I shoot a Matthews Adrenaline LD. Okay. Am I going to have a problem? No, if you're... The best bow I I shoot good. Like I have no problem shooting, and that's it. Religious form and the best bow is the one you shoot well. It's not a bow tech. It's not a Hoyt. It's the one you shoot well. If you take your bow out and you shoot it well, and you got a sight that will go out to 110 yards, and and you're and you're hitting groups, you're going to do just fine. You're just fine. You know, make sure it's in good shape before you go. Don't go there with strings that are five years old and starting to fray because. Yeah. You know, if you blow up your bow there, you're yeah, done. you're done so, for the day. Yeah, you're you're done for the weekend for the most part. Because there's a few places that repair bows, but if it's a string issue or something... You probably won't get it yeah. restrung. Yeah, so... But no, yeah. that bow would be just, just fine. Okay, well, I'll have to get that into gym bows. Just lots of arrows. That's sure all. I got an extra yeah. 42 arrows. <laughs> <laughs> we all laughed. We did an arrow count before we left. Who was bringing what, but... I just wanted to make sure I didn't run out. Last year, one guy went through about a dozen on a course. So, and then he went back, bought another dozen, shot the next day, and lost that. And figured, well, maybe it's cheaper drinking beer. So, yeah, yeah. This Skip year he came. Day. This year he came back <laughs> and he practiced a lot more and he did really well. Yeah, but well, that's the key. Yeah, you can't roll in there. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you just got out of the bar. No, exactly. And showing up for hunting. And and we're all guilty of it. Lots of us, you know. You know, you make the sight tapes for your bow, and you're supposed to be out practicing. A lot of guys didn't get their sight tape on until that week. So Yeah, and that's pushing it. And I was guilty of right? that, too. I didn't do as much shooting as I wanted to. I I know next year I have to go in in better physical shape, um, do a little bit more training, like you said, in the river valleys, and a lot more shooting. Wow. I mean, I'm comfortable with the equipment that I took. A lot of guys didn't realize what it was like to shoot with a backpack on or bino harness. Um, yeah, equipment can yeah. F you up in a hurry. One of the worst things is your water bladder tube. Guys have never shot with one on. They pull their string back, and all of a sudden, that string hits that water tube or hits the arrow shaft on the way by. And, and you get one shot. What? Well, you're not scoring, so okay. you you can score. You're just out there shooting for fun and make yourself better. 
but you know, we always, the first shot is the one that counts just like hunting. So yeah. if you have time and the course isn't backed up, you can take a couple more shots, but we always say it's the first shot that counts. So if you want to take a second shot, that's great, but don't tell us that was your best shot because yeah, it's that first shot that, that makes yeah. the difference. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You probably may have not have gotten a second shot if that was an actual animal in a hunting situation. Exactly. Like yeah, exactly. And that's, the, that's what we're practicing for. Yeah. Yeah, and I hundred percent. If you want to head up the river valley, I know some good trails in there that we can go. Uh, we'll take you up on that one any day of the week because I realize that, you know, um my friend uh Dave that that's the co owner of Jimbo's, he said that, you know, you can't train for this event and he's partially right because you can go out and throw a backpack on and march around the lakes like I did on flat ground, but you have to get into those steep hills and find those up build up the leg muscles and yeah. the side hill is what killed i've never side hilled for that long and yeah that's a tough one yeah i might have to take a weekend yeah. and run into cataman or something like that yeah. and just do some because yeah. i know the year a couple of years that i was actively scouting sheep i was probably in the best physical shape yeah. of my life like i could go for 12 hours on no stop yeah. just go and it was just from being in there and, and that, that's elevation. Like you're yeah. 8,000 feet in and some of those spots. I've never been to that. And that's what a lot of guys told me. I didn't have a huge problem with the elevation change. Um, some of the guys were really get sucking sick. some wind. Um, get sick too. I'm, I'll admit it. I'm not the fastest person on the hill either. I'm not going to be the one that's going to race you to the top. It's slow and steady wins the race and yeah. take deep breaths. Cause when you get to that target, you're going to want to be calm and relax and get your blood pressure down um i really noticed the guys that took it serious and one of the tools that really helped you don't have to have it but um i've got a garmin phoenix watch uh, you've got a sunto it keeps track of your heart rate your elevation your blood pressure yeah. pretty good tool to have and especially even if you want to keep track of of the miles you've covered or steps that you've made it's it's incredible you don't you don't realize it and you know guys were asking it's like I'm having a hard time breathing. You're looking at your watch. I'm like, because you're at 98 or 9,600 feet. You're up feet. there. Yeah. 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 It it definitely pays to get in and train in the high country. Yeah. Especially if you're going into an environment like that. So this whole deal, there was no scoring, no prizes issued. No, for... you don't have to keep score. Um, we had all little side bets and competitions going on within our group. A lot of guys will do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just a lot of fun, you know. We yeah. we did what was called the Hunger Games, so we all threw in into the pot of money, and as soon as you missed the first target, you were out. So that was that was actually a, a really really neat deal. So, you know, I was in it for a couple of the days near the end. There's some really good shooters in the group. I knew that that I wouldn't compete against them, but you know, you're shooting target after target. It's like, I haven't missed yet. I haven't missed yet. So it's feeling pretty good. And Anybody out there shooting traditional stuff at these distances? And not in our group. Um, there are, there were a few guys on the hill. That is the one thing is they say we, you shoot from the cones, but you don't have to shoot. So if, if you want to bring an inexperienced shooter or your wife or your kids and and the target is 100 yards and you want to walk up 50 yards and take a shot, there's no 
no harm in, in doing that or no embarrassment in doing that. Yeah. Some of the targets don't allow you to do that just because of, Terrain. you know, you may be shooting over a creek or, or you know, a rock slide, so you may not be able to get up that close. But, yeah, some there's a few traditional guys. I don't know how they do it with the amount of arrows that we lost. I couldn't imagine. Like you said, I used to shoot quite a few 3D tournaments just around Edmonton and that. And I shot this one, um, this was when I was 16. And I was shooting a compound, sights, release, the whole nine yards. And there was a guy, he was probably 65, shooting a recurve. And that guy, we were shooting from the same same stand. Yep. And he was matching me arrow for arrow with with uh, no sights, just puller whack and thwack. Yeah, there's some, there's guys that are incredible at doing that. I'd be just lucky to instinctive, hit... instinctive, uh, man... I'd be lucky to hit the backstop at 20 yards, let alone hit an animal out, out yeah. past that. So, Yeah. So, going back next year, obviously. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. I'm already planning next year, and we just got back last night. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thinking about trying any other venues, maybe? Um, Utah would be nice. Park City right, would be right nice. Right straight yeah. across the country. Yeah. In the States. Like, they've got them on the East Coast. Yeah. Straight across, and I think Texas might yeah, be Yeah, they the start, Texas furthest. is the first one. They start that in May, and then from there they, they go, there's there's uh, Ver, Texas, Vermont, Tennessee, San Antonio, uh, or sorry, San Antonio's already there, uh, Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, um, yeah. Michigan, South Dakota, Park City, Utah. That would be another one that we may consider, but uh, Big Sky's definitely... Uh, for it's us. doable. It's, it's how, how long a drive was it? Twelve hours. So, so not much different than yeah. driving to BC. Exactly. Or the coast. You can do it in a day, and we drove back in a day. But we all left after work. Um, yeah. The one day, so we drove down to Lethbridge, jumped, grabbed a hotel, yeah. had dinner at the keg as a team, continued on our way. Next day, we stopped and got all our stuff in Bozeman, and and had a great time. Yeah, that's cool. Well, like you said, I will definitely be setting some holiday yeah. time away. I told my wife already, I said, get, we got to get those passports on the go. Yeah. That's the thing is make sure your passport's up to date and certain things you want on the hill. Uh, you're going to want um, sunscreen because it gets hot. You're on the south yeah. face of a mountain. Yeah. That elevation, you're up there. It just seems like it's hotter. Um, bug spray. The, the mosquitoes, there was no mosquitoes, but the horse flies were really bad. And they were complaining in Utah about all the ticks, so I wanted to make sure of that. So I did a little bit of research and got a uh, product called Pisarin. It's deep free, but one of the first things that it, it keeps away is ticks. So uh, that okay. uh, definitely take the Advil for the aches and pains because yeah. there's going to be a lot. CBD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't think you'll get that across the border, but. Oh, CBD is good to go. But. Uh, <laughs> it's the THC. Uh, and then uh, definitely stuff to take care of your blisters um cuts and scrapes you know like you said mole skin um i took an extra knee brace and some uh some of that tensor tape you know because there was you are going to be sore i don't care who you are how much you've trained you are going to be sore Um, how far is where you guys are shooting from the nearest place you could buy something if you needed um there's said Bozeman was the nearest Bozeman's town. about 45 minutes away, but the t- there's a little town called Big Sky, and they pretty much have everything that you have. Okay. Um, we learned that. Um, stop at Costco for the stuff that you need a lot of. 
Yeah. Uh, because, as we know, even here, Costco, you get an abundance of stuff, and we wound up with too much stuff. So yeah. get the stuff that you need, you know, in town, support local. Because um, yeah. we did wind up giving, we asked the, uh, the maids of the condo if they would like extra food if not we donated the rest of the stuff to the food bank we had so much stuff yeah you know oh it's good um but yeah so yeah the essentials um can't stress enough just some stuff to to look after yourself because if uh you you know if your knees are too sore or or something that stops you from from going you know it's just like a hunt you want to keep going yeah, and, that built. I take a great and, big bottle when I go into camp. You know, I there was a couple mornings that I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get up and do it, but you know, Percocets. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the the Advil definitely kept kept you going, and we were lucky enough to have a condo, and yeah. we were really lucky enough to have one of the guys on the team was a an ex sports therapist for the WHL, so nice. He gave us some tips on trying to maintain the stuff that was about to fall off, and. He doctored up the one of our teammates' feet who shot in flip flops and yeah. he still got all his toes and minus a minus nail. a toenail. So yeah. That's awesome. So what's next? Do you think you're ready for elk season? I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, you know, we still got a couple, you know, a little over a month and a half till elk season. Um when are you guys starting? Season opens up in a lot of places the 25th of August. Yeah. Generally, you know, I do get excited to start going out. That second to third week in September is the week that I do not want to miss. Yeah. You know, I like being out in the field anytime, but if I could only pick one week, it would be that second or third week around that 21st. Because uh, opener for us up north is on 17th, which is a Tuesday this yeah. year. My days off start on the 12th is the last day I work. So I've got 12, 13, 14, 15. I've got like four or five days before. You're going to get into that, you know, real heavy pre-rut activity as far as I'm concerned, you know. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm I'm open, right? Yeah. And you need somebody to yeah. call. I mean, Absol absolutely, because, you know, I'm getting excited for elk season. After this trip, I realize i got a little bit more work to do and a little more bugs to shake off and... But we're we're getting there. We're gonna be scouting pretty heavy here, pretty quick, and seeing where they are and and the yeah, movements I and seeing a, how the predators are taking its toll and chasing them around. I took a ride on on my quad last time I was out at the farm. Did about a twenty k loop, uh, and that's south Edson, so well southeast Edson, and I cut one set of tracks in there. So that's they opened up a. The cow draws for that part of the unit between the highway and the power line was where all those in the 338 that's where all those cow tags were there for so they just decimated the elk that yeah. were within two miles of the highway so they've all moved i've got some intel on that for yeah. south so probably going to do some snooping around there this weekend and that's the thing is you know that's part of what this event does it gets you in shape for that scouting because Every year, it's even different for me. Either you know, new guys have moved into the area, or or you know, we try to hunt way back there. But it depends if those wolves or bears are pushing them, yeah, pushing them up in. against the farm stuff. 
Well, that I, yeah, it, it always sucks when you get in someplace and somebody else has moved in there. Yeah. That's why we try and get in early. And same with us. We try to get in early and we try to get in deep where most people won't go. Yeah. You know, if you can get a, generally, if you can get a quad there, we don't want to be there. You know, so. Yeah. Well, for me, I dump my quad off yeah. and then it's probably a 10K loop back back to the machine we wanted to get to one area last year that we've had bulls in before but we didn't know how to get in there and we wound up doing a 44k loop in one day to get back there and we got into some good elk country and you know we talked about those aches and pains my buddy says you want to go back tomorrow i said absolutely yeah you know my body and mind didn't really want to do it but we knew that they were there and it was well worth the trip and that was all on foot yeah, it's a long haul. Yep. Long haul. Cool. Well, um, thanks everybody for checking out the show, listening. Uh, thanks, Steve, for sharing all your tech information. Anytime. I'm no expert, but uh, no, that no, was I cool. certainly I, enjoyed it. And I know that there's a lot of people that'll listen that uh, are curious about it, and it's just a great big 3D oh. shoot where... Um, even the pricing is not bad. I looked at oh, it. I think it was like 115 bucks. 115 dollars for, for all sh- three all three days. Yeah. That includes your your lift pass, which because you go up the chair lifts uh, to go up, you know, either all the way or part way up the mountain, depending on which course you're shooting. The whole trip cost me a total of about 800 dollars. Yeah, you know, so including condos and and meals, what can you do for that kind of price? You know, and that was for five days of, of entertainment. Yeah. There's vendors on the on the hill. Didn't generally spend a lot of money there. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but yeah. and and their prices are, are are you know great. You know, guys buying t-shirts for two for twenty dollars. You know, coming back with suitcase yeah. full of of t-shirts <laughs> from different you know different vendors. different vendors and supporting different causes. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Well, that's cool. We're gonna definitely gonna have to get out and do it. So. Gonna... We'll do a podcast from the hill next year. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I've got a lab mic for this thing so we can go live Absolutely. right up the mountain. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening again. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate it. Uh, any uh, feedback you guys have for the show, you can direct towards uh, my email at hopodcast at hotmail.com. Thanks everybody again for listening. Really appreciate it. We are out of here.